Why, in your opinion, is history so important and why does it matter? Oh, I, I think that... Welcome everyone to History Hour. This is an hour where we spend with your favorite historians, history content creators, authors, and all kinds of history personalities. I am so excited because today we have JD from the History Underground. And if you have not heard of JD or seen the History Underground, I don't know where you have been. You've probably been under a rock. Um, if you are not following him or watching any of his videos, you should go and do that after this interview. Um, I am so excited to have you on, JD. First of all, thank you so much for coming on. It is truly an honor of mine to that you agreed to come on here with me today. I, yeah, I appreciate you you having me. Uh, yeah, yeah. For well, people who, who for people who are watching this, uh, yeah, I, I apologize for being late uh, because apparently I don't know the difference between <laughs> Eastern Time Zone and Central Time Zone. No, that is all on me because <laughs> I apologize for just assuming that you lived on the East Coast. I should not have done that, or that you were on Easter East Coast time. It's like I still don't know when that cuts off and everything. So that's on me. Um, you know what they what they say when you assume something. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but go ahead and introduce yourself to people who may not know who you are and what you do here on YouTube. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is JD, and I run a YouTube channel called The History Underground. Uh, really, the the channel has has two primary driving engines. Um, there, there's a variety of things on there, but the the two main things that, that drive the channel. Uh, is a series called History Traveler, which, as the name implies, is uh, travel to historic places. I didn't get very creative on the name there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, uh, let's see, I guess Memorial Day of 2019 was the, the first video that I uploaded to YouTube. Uh, and that one was an interview that I did with a World War II veteran. But anyway, uh, after that, kicked in with the History Traveler series. And... Uh, have been really fortunate to to travel to some pretty amazing places across the U.S. and Europe, um, and into the the Pacific. Um, and then, in conjunction with History Traveler, uh, there's another series uh, in partnership with Eric Dor from the Gettysburg Museum of History called American Artifact, mm -hmm. and uh, where where History Traveler focuses on um, telling history through through places, uh, American Artifact really tells our history through objects, uh, again, as the name implies. Uh, so the Gettysburg Museum of History, it's an amazing place. It's wonderful. Place. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's it, crazy. Um, it, it's it is really, I mean, I was blown away. I was just blown away how much stuff is in there. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it was like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Where do I look? Where do I stop? What, you know, there's so much stuff in there. And maybe, you know, honestly, maybe that's why I assumed you like lived on the East Coast because you are constantly doing videos. There's so much yeah. stuff in that museum <laughs> that it's just like, man, like you must live there because you're doing all these videos and, and, and everything. What what an amazing spot. And so I, yeah. I, I, I enjoy those videos so much because you, you take something tangible and you can see and feel and, and that that is wonderful that you do that well i mean 
Um, yeah, you, you talk about how much stuff is in the, uh, I guess I should be more professional and not call it stuff. Uh, how many, how many artifacts, artifacts of that's right. are, uh, you know, in the, <laughs> um, it's, it's really kind of like a, a small packaged, you know, version of the Smithsonian. I mean, it, it's, it's unreal, uh, what all is in there. And, and I don't know about you, um, but when I go to a museum, of course, I want to go and, and be educated. I want to learn and everything. Um, but but I want to to see things um, that, you know, uh, a certain general war in battle or uh, that, you know, one of the that something has the, maybe a connection to a founder or, you know, yeah. weaponry or anything like that. I want to see, you know, tangible stuff uh, that kind of serves as as that connection to the history. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, that museum has it, has it all. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, I went to Mount Vernon. Well, I only live, you know, just down the road from Mount Vernon, really. Mm -hmm. And it's like you go in there and there's really not, the, the house is there, but but everything's a replica. Yeah. You know, there's there's nothing that is, well, there are a few things that are original to the house, but mm -hmm. A lot of these houses that I go visit, a lot of these museums, it's replicas of things. And to see that, you know, a piece of hair from George Washington, <laughs> like to me, that really shocked me. I was like, okay, wait, you have a, a piece of hair <laughs> from George Washington. Yeah. And then right next to it was a, a lock of hair from Abraham Lincoln. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That and, is cool. He has one from Napoleon. Yeah. Um, in the museum. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's wild so wild now the other thing so you said you started in 2019 mm -hmm. and you did an interview with the world war ii vet yes tell us kind of the origins of history underground and really what kept you motivated to keep going for this long doing videos um so so really my my background is well i guess i have kind of a two-pronged background um one is in history education, so high school history teacher. Uh, and then uh, the other is in uh, video production. So what a, a lot of people see the, the history side of me. Uh, I'm also a big outdoorsman, um, you know, have been hunting and fishing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, really, my, th those are my earliest memories is, is going out hunting and fishing with, with my grandpa. Mm -hmm. um, which is also where I get a lot of my love of history as well. But anyway, um, so, so in addition to the, the history background, I also uh, co-produced a, a TV show um, for six years called uh, Hallowed Ground Outdoors oh, on wow. the Sportsman Channel as a hunting show. Um, had, you know, I'd done some, you know, DVD work and, and stuff like that beforehand. So really, I, I kind of merged those two things together. And the, the, the concept for the, the YouTube channel um, actually came from my students. Uh, I went out to a museum and filmed some stuff and uh, put something together just to, to show them you know, kind of like a little virtual field trip. And uh, after I showed it to them, they you know recommended that they were like, hey, that was actually pretty good. You should start a YouTube channel, uh, which I, I thought was a, a terrible idea. Um, but, but they kept pressuring me. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and put some stuff together, um, 
And, you know, if, if anybody finds value in it or if, you know, teachers can use it for like a little virtual field trip type thing, well, then yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be worth it. I yeah. love that your your students encouraged you to to keep that going instead of was like oh come on yeah, sir, you know, let's let's not do this this is kind of lame you know that that they actually encouraged you and supported you that that's encouraging yeah you know that <laughs> that that the youth of our generation of of this generation are interested in stuff like that well I mean what what I found um, is that my my students. Um, you know, this, this new generation, and I'm finding even with myself and a lot of people that I know, if you look at the, the, the trends, um, as far as people who watch TV or anything like that, I mean, it's just going down, 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 down. Uh, and, and that's one thing that we were finding, uh, in, in the hunting industry, um, when I, you know, co-produced the, the TV show is that, Sponsors were starting to get kind of chilly to the idea of, you know, putting their advertising dollars into television. Uh, we were finding people who were saying, you know, well, you know, why, why should I pay extra for, you know, this channel or that channel when I can watch it on YouTube? Mm. You know, I can watch hunting shows on YouTube for free. And then with my students, when I ask them, you know, where do you consume most of your media? Nobody watched TV. Um there was a handful that were watching uh, streaming services like Netflix and Amazon Prime and things like that. Everybody was a YouTube junkie. And, and they yeah. start throwing out these names of people that they watched and were like huge fans of. And, and I'd never heard of any of these people before. <laughs> uh, so I thought, OK, well, if, if that's where, you know, these kids are, um, well, then, you know, that's that's where it, it would only make sense for me to produce content on the platform where they're spending most of their time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can see the um, film background in your videos oh. because I think you do, you, your B roles are like oh. awesome. Like they're so good. Really. It, it makes me a little jealous. I, I wish <laughs> I was up to that um, caliber of editing and, you know, getting that shot. I think we all kind of feel like we're, you know, that artist. And then I bring all my stuff in and I'm like, oh, wait a second. That was not as good as I wanted it to be or as cinematic as I wanted it to be. But you have a very cinematic feel to your videos. Well, thank you. And I um, think that's wonderful. And it shows. And I think other people notice that as well. Appreciate that. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if anybody were to go back and watch some of the old hunting shows that, that I was on, uh, I mean, that's that's kind of the 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 vibe that we went for was you know kind of a, a little bit more of a, a cinematic feel uh, to yeah. everything that we do. Um, I mean the the difference with what I'm doing now on the YouTube channel is is I have what what I hope is is kind of a, a cinematic professional looking flair. Yeah. Um, but also, um, I mean when when you're watching the the videos, I mean you're you're literally seeing me uh and you know the the difference between me on film and me in person um is there's there's no difference uh so yeah. um hopefully it, it has a little bit more of a, a relaxed feel as well um to where it, it doesn't feel like there's a um oh what's the word i'm looking for maybe an intellectual barrier 
Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like you're just hanging out with a friend and yeah. uh, happens to know a few things about, you know, history. I love that. I love that. I think that's one of the things that you do so well is that you, you have that ability to connect and not let the lens kind of be a barrier, you know, cause I, I know that for me that it, it certainly is. And so that's something I think a lot of people have to break through, but I think you kind of started answering my last question, but how do you think like YouTube and social media has changed the way we learn and interact with history? Oh man. Um, I, I think it's made it much more accessible for, mm -hmm. for one thing. Um, it's, it's really kind of, um, oh, what, what's the phrase that I heard Dan Carlin use one time in, in reference to podcasting? I think he called it the democratization of, of media. Um, so if, if I were to take what I'm doing right now and go to the History Channel or go to National Geographic or something like that and say, um, here, here's what I want to do. Um, I'm, you know, we've got this idea where we, we take this redneck in a ratty ball cap and he's going to walk around, uh, and point a camera at himself and, <laughs> um, you know, talk about these different historical things. And, uh, you know, he's going to mispronounce things every once in a while and he's, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, they're probably not going to take it, especially if I say, uh, by the way, one of the episodes is probably going to be five minutes. The next one might be 20 minutes. The other one mm -hmm. might be 15 and a half minutes. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to do that at all. Uh, but yeah. with YouTube, it, it makes it much more accessible. There, there are a lot of channels that I watch where the, the information that I've gained and what I've learned far surpasses anything that I would ever get um, from a, you know, big budget production on, mm -hmm. on a network. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to trash them because I, I watch all that stuff and, and I really enjoy it. Um, but, but I, I think there's a, a certain depth that you can get into, um, on YouTube, you know, mm -hmm. any other platform like it that, that you can't really access, um, anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, so, so, for example, um, we'll, uh, we'll pick some low-hanging fruit here. Let's say Gettysburg. Yeah. If you watch a documentary about Gettysburg, what are you what are you getting? It's I mean, it's if it's professional and everything, it's going to be good. But what what are they going to talk about? Right. Okay. They're, they're good. They're not doing those. I think that the greatest thing about YouTube is you get to, you get to dive deeper into history than you ever got to like in a, in a class or in those big budget produ produced, you know, documentaries and things like, um, I, if I noticed for you, you do these videos that they're like 10 minutes long, whatever, but you get to get into a certain regiment, a certain general, a certain person in Gettysburg that nobody's ever heard before you know, because they're not Lee or Longstreet or, you know, Pickett, who's famously named after Pickett's charge, even yeah. though there were two other generals there <laughs> right alongside him, you yeah, know. Pettigrew and Trimble as well. Yeah, Pettigrew and Trimble. And, and so I, I think that's that's the coolest thing about YouTube is that you get to do those little deep dives that you would never get from those big produced documentaries. Yeah, there, and I mean... Yeah, I'm, I'm producing content and putting it out there, but man, I'm I'm a fan as much as anything. Uh, if you were to look at my subscription list, it's 
it's long. Um, yeah. you know, and I, there, there's not enough time in the day for me to, to watch all of the stuff that, that I would yeah. like. Um, yeah. I mean, there's like World War II TV uh, is, yeah. is one example where he's bringing in uh, Paul Woodage. Mm -hmm. he, he's bringing in the absolute top historians uh, from literally around the world who are, are specializing in, you know, one very, very narrow topic mm -hmm. in World War II. Uh, so uh, he might have some episode on um, I don't, I don't, some weird thing like the 356 <laughs> donkey battalion that you yeah. know, was pumping <laughs> supplies over the Himalayas or something like that. Yeah. That you would never know about. Uh, anywhere else. Um, I'm trying to think of some others like Chris from Blogging Through History. He really specializes in in telling good stories mm -hmm. uh, of a, a personal nature. And, yeah. and there, there are so many out there that, that are just doing such a good job. And and I think um, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm trashing the, the TV stuff because because I, I love that stuff. Uh, I think that YouTube adds to it and, and kind of like what we were just talking about, adds uh, some depth that that you might not get otherwise because yeah. i've been i've been in the tv world and and you just simply can't you know do it all right right another thing about the tv world i think that you aren't as close to the people that are watching you as you would be you know in a documentary and that's something i noticed that you also kind of do is you kind of call out the trolls a little in your comments <laughs> <laughs> i think your fans love that i think the audience like loves when you do that um <laughs> and, you know, as your channel grows, I'm sure you get more and more of that. Yeah. Uh, but how do you how do you handle those negative comments or better yet? How do you handle those that are challenging comments that kind of challenge what you're saying? Mm -hmm. How do you handle all of that? Like challenge me in the sense of like, hey, what you said was completely wrong. Or... Yeah. OK. So, I mean, as as far as, you know, some of the. The, the troll comments. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you do anything on YouTube uh, or, or really anything on the internet, you're, you're opening yourself up to right. really uh, the, the ugly underbelly of, of human nature. Yeah. Uh, and, and where, where we have this, um, this digital medium between us and we have this distance, people can say anything that they want that they would, you know, never say face to face. Uh, here, here's, here's my take on it is, um, I, I will never let a stranger on the internet ruin my day. Mm. Uh, I, I'm just solely committed to that. And, uh, people have said, man, I don't see how you do it. Uh, you know, where, and, and for anybody who's, who's watching, who's not familiar with the channel or with any of my other social media platforms, mm -hmm. you'll see that I, I don't argue with these people, uh, or anything like that. I, I'm more just, I'm just playing with them and, yeah. and having fun, um, you know, again, just not letting them ruin my day. Um, as far as people who are, are critical um, or, or, or I think you use the word challenge, uh, who, yeah. who challenge me. The first thing I do is ask myself, okay, was, was I wrong? Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's, it's a very real possibility. Uh you know, a lot of my videos, if you'll go in the description or on the, the tagged uh, or on the pinned comment, um, you know, I might say, 
hey, here in, in this spot, I meant to say X and I really should have said Y. It was a complete right. slip of the tongue. Now, some people are pretty nasty in the way that they challenge me. Um, but even still, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I want to be right and I don't want to obviously put out bad information. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my my first reaction. But I, I don't I honestly don't let, let anything bother me at all. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I've, I've had some people say some pretty ugly things to me uh, or about oh, me. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I, I have too. I think um, I don't think I get it as much as you do, but you, you definitely there's going to be crazies on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are the crazies are going to show their crazies. Like there's yeah. nothing you can do about <laughs> people who are just, you know, completely outlandish and out there. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, now you do travel a lot. You've, you've traveled ab- abroad and you've done a lot of like band of brothers, world war mm-hmm. two kind of videos. Um, I know a few months ago, weeks ago, you had an unfortunate incident overseas. I did it broke, not just, it broke my heart, but I think it broke a lot of people's hearts. Do you have any updates on, on that or, or how yeah. is your channel, you know, dealing with that? Yeah, sure. Um, so the, the incident that uh, you're referring to, um, just for anybody who's watching and is unfamiliar, um, early in the summer, uh, I was travel, traveled over to Europe. Um, long story short, started off in France and um, was out in Normandy for the anniversary and uh, was touring around with um, Paul Woodage, World War II TV. Uh, there's some other YouTube channels there. Rob from History in Your Hand. Um, Sander from Sander VK History. Uh, also Chris from Vlogging Through History. Um, and then Matt Leach from the organization We Happy Few 506, which he's getting a, a YouTube channel that is up and running now. He played Floyd Talbert and Band of Brothers. So anyway, filmed all of this stuff. Uh, pretty exciting. Had, had some great material. And then when I left there, I went to Greece and uh, met up with my wife and my girls was going to film a whole bunch of ancient history content because it's kind of a gap on my channel and uh, got to our Airbnb. Um, If you've never been to Athens, the traffic is insane and the streets are not built for modern traffic. So we were having some trouble finding the Airbnb, Um, got to where we thought it was and I parked the vehicle and uh, locked it, said, let's go make sure that we're in the right spot. Uh, obviously my wife and kids, so I didn't want to leave them, you know, there by themselves um, in an unfamiliar environment. Uh, we were in there maybe 10, 15 minutes when we came back out, uh, window of the vehicle uh, had been knocked out and all okay. of my gear had been stolen. So my cameras, my computer, uh, drone, and w- w- the the real punch in the gut was the, the hard drives mm. that had um, all of my footage on it. And uh, some people... You know, some people were pretty nasty um, in the response to that. And some people were saying, well, you know, why didn't you make a backup? Uh, well, I do. And they stole yeah. the backup as well. <laughs> like they completely cleaned me out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, had a lot of people who were uh, very like exceedingly generous um, through a GoFundMe that Chris from Vlogging Through History set up. Um so anyway, between that and insurance, I was able to replenish all of my gear and then 
excuse me, the, the extra money from the, the GoFundMe I've been giving away mm. uh, to, you know, different causes and, and supporting other channels and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then went back at the end of July and, and refilmed uh, as far as the stuff in France as, as much as I could. Um, mm. And I was supposed to go to some World War I battlefields uh, with uh, Paul Woodage and also uh, Lucy Betteridge Dyson from World War I TV. Uh, didn't get to do that because I didn't have any cameras, but I did go to another World War I battlefield. So anyway, the, the content that is currently running at the time that we're you know, filming this is all the stuff that, that I filmed in France. Uh, on yeah. That well, I mean, I, I just want to say, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That Thanks. has got to be a kick in the gut. But, yeah. um, not not one of my better days. No. Oh, you know, if that happened to my husband and I, I would have just like been, see you later, honey. I'm going to let <laughs> you just chill out, do whatever, you know, punch the balls. I'm going to go. You know, good. but what advice would you have for any um, vloggers or anyone traveling abroad with that kind of stuff? Um, for one, man, I got a fly here that is just terrorizing me. <laughs> have you been seeing that thing? Look at that. I, I have. I've seen him fly around. Yeah, he, he like landed on my bill here and something. I, I need to get a wants fly. Wants to be in the video. <laughs> yeah. So, so for anybody who is um, traveling abroad, so so there were some things that that I learned, uh, for sure. Um, one is that if you rent a vehicle, if, um, if the rental company has like one of those license plate covers that says enterprise on it or something like that, uh, you, you are a target. Mm -hmm. Uh, that, that is something that car thieves will zero in on. Um, so I've, I've started carrying a multifunction tool with me and uh, from now on, if one of those is on there, I'm, I'm popping that thing off, mm. you know, right off yeah. the bat and, uh, you know, replace it, you know, put it back on before I return the car, of course. Um, the, the one thing that I wish I would have done, so I keep a lot of my gear in uh, a backpack. So my hard drives were in there, drone, one of my cameras and, and some other stuff. Um, I wish I would have just, I wish I would have just had that, just Got thrown it. that on. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've thought about that uh, a thousand times now and replayed that in my head. Yeah. Um, in, in all honesty, the, the chances that somebody just happened to walk by and just busted out that window and stole all this stuff is I think pretty minimal. I think we were targeted probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think somebody followed us from the airport or, uh, the the more sinister um, scenario is that the Airbnb host uh, was mm. you know in on it uh, because because we were messaging him you know trying to find out where this place was so he he knew exactly when we were going to be there yeah um, but we we only stayed that night because it was really late and then after that we we got out of there I said I this there, there's something off here and I, I don't want to stay here. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Follow your gut and follow your gut. Um, yeah. Now you mentioned that you were going to do some videos about ancient history and that mm -hmm. that's the gap on your channel. And I do notice yeah. that you do a lot of 
Civil War, Gettysburg, <laughs> World War II, you know, Band of Brothers. They, it's it's clear that those two things are, are a big influence on you. Now, yeah. I'm a Revolutionary War historian. I love your yeah. Revolutionary War series. Is there another gap on your channel historically that you want to start filling um, ancient history or whatever? Yeah, yeah. ancient history is, is the big one. Um, World War One, which I, I filmed a lot of World War One content on this most recent trip, so so that's going to be a gap that's that's going to start getting filled. Uh, ancient history would would be a big one. Um, I've even thought about like in, in the ancient history category, uh, like Asian history, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like the Japanese and Chinese, which which that would be getting completely out of my area of expertise. Uh, so, so that would force me to, you know, have to do some some pretty intense learning because I, I just don't have the depth of knowledge there. Yeah. Uh, which which is why I want to go and you know learn more. Um, and then I, I do have some Revolutionary War content on the channel, and I have intentions of of building that out more because man, that's that's such an important uh, part of our history, and uh, you know definitely needs more what, what what i lack is uh time uh that's, know, that's my big thing. Time, time. time and money that's that's the one thing that everybody lacks on this stuff time and money you know i would i would love for you to get out out west and do some some cowboy videos i think ah. you mentioned in one of your videos that tombstone was your favorite i'm yes interested if you'd end up out in the southwest and do some videos there yeah i, I would love to get out to tombstone i i do have some western content um on the channel um so i went out to i mean but it was it was early on like you'd have to really i mean i need to, maybe i need to make a playlist if i don't have one already showing my <laughs> western locations uh but I, you know i've gone to some homesteads uh mm -hmm. early on in the channel went to dodge city um trying to think of what else well i noticed you posted with um the echelon project yeah jocko willink and Lake jocko willink, so. echelon front. yeah so yeah. i was gonna say there there is some western content right around the corner yeah uh, out from a uh, little bighorn mm. yeah, so, yeah. Th so there'll be there'll be three episodes um that that i'll extract well wait a minute there'll be three episodes that i'll extract from little bighorn uh and then there was also a museum out there in that area that I think I'll pull two episodes out of. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that, I, but I, but you're right. I haven't, I haven't done any old West stuff in a long time, uh, a couple yeah. of years. Uh, I, so. I'm, I'm an Arizona native. So for me, it's like, that's, I grew up on that stuff. Oh, okay. That's, kind of right. that's like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't live over here on, in the South or on the East. And so the civil war wasn't a big influence in my life yeah. like at all. And then, you know, so for me, it was like my great great grandmother was there at the shootout at OK Corral. So like that was kind of a cool oh, story wow. growing up. So, I mean, when you go to Tombstone and then you see it, it's like 30 seconds long and you're like, OK, <laughs> big build up here. <laughs> no, it's a cool story. The whole story around it is really cool, though. It is really cool. Um, so there is uh, since starting your channel. I wanted to ask you, has your perspective or your worldview, worldview of history changed at all as you have kind of started this channel and started diving into these topics? 
um, changed. I, I would have to think about that for a little bit on how it's maybe changed. Um, one thing that I can, I, I can definitely say is it's broadened mm-hmm. quite a bit. So uh, I've, I've, I've learned all kinds of new things that, that I don't necessarily know I, I would have known before. So, so when you watch the channel, you're honestly, you're kind of learning right along with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. For, for example, um, we, we were talking about how on a lot of, um, you know, commercial documentaries, they, they just, they, they don't have the, the time to really go into depth on a, a particular subject. And uh, the Battle of Normandy is, is a classic example of that. Mm-hmm. So the, the past two episodes that I've put out, so I've been to Normandy before, actually done two different series there. Um, and everybody, including me, uh, w- with Normandy, you focus on the beaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look at, you know, bloody Omaha and Utah Beach. Um, and then, you know, from an American point of view, if you're really into it, well, then you'll kind of look at the the British and, and Canadian sectors, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe Pegasus Bridge, uh, you know, or something like that. But very rarely do people get off the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might get some stuff about like Karen Tan, Band of Brothers Connection, uh, and then maybe, you know, St. Lo, and then, and then that's it. Uh, sometimes the, the peninsula part of the Battle of Normandy will, will get some attention. Um, but, but you don't hear about anything that happened there other mm-hmm. than that the Allies moved up and uh, they took the port of Cherbourg because it was a deep water port. That was one of the major objectives with Operation Neptune. Okay, that, yeah. that's, that's about it. Uh, but you don't hear the stories about the, the guys who went through that. So the past three episodes uh, that, that I've done on History Traveler has been kind of like broadening that out and being like, okay, here's, here's what you know about the Battle of Normandy. Hey, here are some things that you don't know. Uh, yeah. Here are some divisions that fought hard and, and did some amazing things but get zero attention. Um, yeah. So, so if, if I were to ask you, uh, you know, some, you know, divisions that, you know, uh, that took part in the battle of Normandy, uh, you'd probably say like the 101st airborne, you know, 82nd, have you ever heard anybody talk about the 79th infantry division? No. <laughs> what, no. what about the ninth? Uh, you know, yeah. you know, if, if you weren't landing on the beach on June 6th, don't get a whole lot of attention. So anyway, yeah. uh, that, that was a very long-winded way of answering the question. That, <laughs> no, uh, I like it. I like it. You, I like that you're giving wrong. us a little more of that perspective on history because I think that is is really important. Another thing yeah. I wanted to ask you is how do you, you know, because you are so comfortable in the camera, but how do you like plot and plan out your videos? Do you kind of like outline them? Are you... Do you have a list of, okay, I'm going to go here, then here, then here, then here, then here. Like, how does that process work for you? First off, thank you for saying that I look like I'm comfortable on camera because <laughs> I don't feel like it. Yeah. Man, that is the most awkward thing in the world to me. Uh, <laughs> it, I, I feel so dumb uh, when I'm pointing that camera at myself. Um, as far as the the process, um, 
a lot of it is is just my own curiosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 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 what you're seeing on the channel is is just a, a product of me wondering, hey, what's where's this place? What's you know what? You know, here's the place where all the tourists go. Where where are some other you know cool places? Uh, so so a lot of it um, starts with just me reading books. Um, so I'll maybe be reading through something. And for example, um, let's say I come across something that talks about, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe the fourth infantry division, you know, coming across some launch site for the V one flying bomb or the mm-hmm. buzz bombs. I think British called them the, the doodle bugs. I'll stop and I'll, and I'll think, okay, I wonder if that's still around. Okay, so then I'll put down the book, I'll like mark it, and then I'll go to Google and, you know, I'll spend a lot of time on maps and, you know, do a bunch of searching. Um, and and what I'll do is, yeah, I'll kind of build out a trip where I say, okay, and, and what I've started doing now is is trying to focus in on some sort of theme. So the theme that I'm running right now with History Traveler is um, the, the peninsula movements uh, during the Battle of Normandy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I try and, and gather up, you know, as much information as I can, uh, wh- where I, I get really limited on that is that for history traveler, I'm very reliant on a physical location, yeah. uh, that, that still exists. Uh, so if, you know, the V1 launch site now has a supermarket and a parking lot on top of it. Yeah, it's for me to tell that story, <laughs> um, but I don't I don't know if that answers your question. But yeah, that's that's kind of how it it builds out. Yeah, no, I mean, you said you read read a lot, so mm-hmm. you have a, a a pretty large audience. So, what would you say? Do you have a list of books that you would recommend your audience read? Whether they're your favorite books or you know where you're kind of getting your information for whatever you're working on now? Um, so maybe I'll answer, I'll answer both of those questions. Um, <laughs> as, as far as my favorite books, when, when people ask me, you know, Hey, what's your favorite book that, that you would recommend as, as far as, you know, nonfiction, like a history book and with the old breed by, by Eugene Sledge is, is outstanding. Uh, I, yeah. I, I just really, really like that book. And I, I plan on getting to Peleliu, uh one of these days uh, just so that I can kind of, you know, co- connect with that. Mm-hmm. Um, do quite a bit of uh, Band of Brothers content on the channel. Um, a lot of that is in connection with, you know, Gettysburg Museum of History. They have the largest collection of, uh, you know, easy company artifacts in the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we've shown quite a bit on American Artifact. There's a lot that we haven't haven't shown yet. Uh, so, so the books that were co-authored by Eric Dorr and Jared Frederick, uh, Hang Tough and Fierce Valor, which talk about Dick Winters and uh, Ron Spears. Again, it's kind of that thing where you have the the history that everybody knows. These two books really go even further in depth into into those two men. Uh, so, so those are good ones. Um, what are some other books that I would recommend? I'm sitting here looking around at my bookshelf, uh, <laughs> right now. 
Um, for World War One, Guns of August mm. uh, by Barbara Tuchman is is really good. Helps you to understand, um, you know, kind of the the foundation of you know things falling apart in in World War One. Uh, as far as what I'm reading right now, um, I'm in a big World War One phase right now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm reading. Um, crud hang on it's by tim cook he's a canadian author it's talking about the canadian uh, army during world war one and it's called shock troops uh, mm. it's a follow-up to uh, his first book that was called at the sharp end yeah they were both really good uh canadian army uh was uh, the canadians were just absolute studs and uh, <laughs> it's, it's amazing with that. They were, they were probably the the best fighting unit in the first world war, in my opinion. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so I've been learning a Those lot. Those are some fighting words you just put out there. I know. I know. The Canadians are the best. I know. Just kidding. I love people in Canada. Don't, don't come at me. <laughs> don't come at me in the comments. <laughs> um, that's really cool. I, I love that. I, you know, you're not the only one I've talked to either. It seems like there are people, a, a, a large group of people that are kind of turning their attention more towards World War One lately. Yeah. And I don't know what that's about. Maybe World War Two is kind of overdone as far as like content and and moving that way. Kind of what what's attracting you to go back and look at World War One? Um, for, for me personally, um. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll never be able to fully explore World War II or the Civil War or the Revolutionary War or anything like that. Okay, but I, I feel like I've covered quite a bit of that in in my own you know personal study, um, and and really I think in order to fully understand the first, I'm, I'm sorry, the Second World War, you need to understand the First World War. Uh, a lot of these generals uh, that are in leadership positions during the Second World War, well, where did they cut their teeth? It, it was in the First World War. Yeah. Uh, so, so for me personally, um, I, I've really been digging into that. And in the United States, we we don't get the uh, the focus and uh, education on World War One like what we do yeah. the Second World War. I, I think maybe Britain, you know, gets a little bit more of that. Um, at least that's my, my understanding. Uh, so again, it just kind of goes back to that personal curiosity that I have. And I, I go through phases. I'll go through a civil war phase where I just completely devour civil war content. And then I'll go to yeah. world war one, world war two. And then I'll, I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um, I, I think one thing that has kind of helped to, um, ignite some interest in that is some of the Hollywood productions, some of the big budget productions mm -hmm. in years like 1917, and then uh, the most recent version of All Quiet on the Western Front. I think that's kind of helped, yeah. uh, you know, elevate World War One in in people's minds, or at least get it in front of them in a way yeah. that maybe wasn't a few years ago. Yeah, 1917 is is one of my favorite war movies for sure. So, I, I love how that movie was done. Oh my gosh, Sean yeah. Mendes did a, a fantastic job. What are some of What are some of your favorite history movies that you recommend people watch? Um. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to put a qualifier on this <laughs> before I say it. Um, 
but the the movie that kind of served as a a gateway into me really getting into the second world war like i heard stories from my grandpa uh you know everything when i was growing up but the, what really got me interested in it was was saving private ryan mm. now i watch saving private ryan now with the uh with with the burden of knowledge uh and i can see every little inconsistency and i can see that the ramps are pointed the wrong way and and people <laughs> You know, people like to hate on on Saving Private Ryan now and the historic inconsistencies, um, but oh still, yeah, be, try being a Revolutionary War historian and watching the Patriot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on now, like it it makes me cringe, but also feel very patriotic at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one I just mentioned was uh, every movie that I'm going to mention, people love to just hate on for some reason or another uh, all quiet on the western front i thought was so well done um the new one yeah yeah the new which i mean i like all of them honestly yeah i, I like all three versions uh, the 1970s version with um the john walton. boy walton um yeah. <laughs> thomas is his name thomas something thomas i don't know his real name uh, it's completely it's it's John Boy Walton. All right, the, yeah. the name has. Uh, I'll, I'll remember it as soon as we're done talking. Um, you know, and then you know, of course, the uh, the black and white version. Yeah. Um, I think it did a really good job in a lot of different ways of, uh, you know, showing just kind of the the grittiness, the brutality of, of it all. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and also, you know, kind of like what happens. You know, a lot of people think that in World War One, these soldiers got thrown into the trenches on the front line and then they just stayed there until they died. Um, well, they, you know, they got cycled in and out. And I, I liked how it, it kind of, you know, showed those those spaces in between. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 1917, I thought was beautifully shot. Again, a lot of plot holes. There's a lot of things that, you know, aren't historically accurate, but I, I love how that movie was shot. Yeah. Um, trying to think of of some others. Um, I, I tell you another movie that really got me into World War II uh, was Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, I can see that. For sure. <laughs> the, the, the whole crossover with you know World yeah. War II that they have in there, and you know, um, you know, I will say it definitely for me as a kid, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It really made me kind of look more into like the occult side of the Nazi party yeah, and kind of more interested in that. I, w- I was kind of weird. I liked that kind of gothic stuff anyway so mm-hmm. as a kid. So for me, that was kind of cool to kind yeah. of realize that they actually did weird stuff like that was kind yeah. of like, whoa, like, okay. It was not just in the movies. Hitler yeah, there's some interesting was a freak. <laughs> what, what, what about you? What, what are some movies that, that you were drawn to? Oh my gosh. Um, 1917. Mm-hmm. For me, cinematically, I absolutely loved that. And then Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan. I mean, he does a fantastic job as far as like cinematography and just storytelling. And um, I have not seen Oppenheimer. Have you seen Oppenheimer? No, I haven't either. So I can't tell you on that. But I I do like um, Dunkirk. I I thought he did a a really good job on that. And um, The Pianist is probably one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, that's a really good movie. um, with uh, Adrian Brody, and yeah. I really liked Atonement. I mean, I like the love story. 
you know, <laughs> like not that it's a, a, a historically accurate film, but but period films. I, I like those, those right. period stuff. But I did really like Midway. Now, I lot my grandfather lost his brother at Midway. OK, uh, he he died there during that the island hopping campaign. He died in the middle of that. Um, well, and I actually have his purple heart. So for me, it's kind of cool to see, wow. to, to have that familiar connection to something like that. So mm -hmm. I, I do like Midway and I, I don't like the movie Pearl Harbor though, but okay. I do like the movie. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also like John Wayne, Tora, Tora, Tora. I like those kind of okay. movies too. I, I'll, I'll watch anything once. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not a fan of the Gladiator because I, I I studied ancient history in college. Yeah, and so for me, like, I was just like, wait a second, Commodus is so much cooler. <laughs> like his real story is a lot cooler than Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. Yeah, but is is so much cooler. Um, and I I'm also a little nervous about Napoleon coming out because it's Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix, which I know it's going to be great theatrically yeah but i i am a little nervous about that have you seen the new trailer for napoleon i have and it looks awesome Oops. my only uh little hitch right now that i'm concerned about is that they're they try to they're gonna try to tell way too much of his story yeah in, in one movie i almost wish that they would have either had the budget or the uh confidence to to do two movies out of it because you could easily do two or three movies yeah on, on his story um yeah. so so that's that's my only concern but i you know I, I hope that i'm surprised my biggest concern is that they're not going to tell napoleon and josephine's story correctly and hmm. it's going to be very romanticized <laughs> and not necessarily true so that's my only concern with napoleon i think that it's going to focus a lot on their relationship but it looks cinematographically like it looks phenomenal. Yeah, um, it really does. Ridley Scott is a good director, so I think he'll 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 do it um, justice cinematically. But if if nothing else, um, what it'll probably do is is it'll get people interested in Napoleon and mm -hmm. you know seeking out you know their their own knowledge, and then they'll be able to match it up with the movie and say, oh, okay, well here's what the movie said, but here's what really happened. Uh, you yeah. know, so anything that gets people interested in history, I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of. I would love to see um, his battle with bunnies. I'm kind of hoping that's in there. Did you know that he fought a bunch of a group of rabbits? No, I'm I'm familiar, <laughs> I'm familiar of, with the uh, the battle uh, with the rabbits in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. No, uh, but <laughs> one actually had a little bit of a run in with some rabbits. So I'm interested <laughs> to see if that is. I've never uh, heard that story. <laughs> um now we're we're kind of coming down to an end but i do have one question that i really would like to ask you mm -hmm. um why in your opinion is history so important and why does it matter oh i i think that when you are studying history um really what you're studying is human nature um so I can go back and I can, you know, go all the way back to biblical times and look at the things that, that people were struggling with and the challenges that they had in the Bible 
uh, you know, and then I can you know, go all the way up, you know, through the Middle Ages and into the Revolutionary War and early American history, all of these different things. And, and you see you see patterns and you see see people, um, you know, having the, the same struggles in one form or another all throughout history. So so when you when you are learning more about history, um, it's it's informing you uh, about the the present. Uh, I, I think uh, General Jim Mattis, who supposedly has this extensive library, and I, I'm I'm going to really butcher this quote up, uh, <laughs> but th- there was there was something that I heard uh, or read where uh, when he came up against a problem, it wasn't anything new to him because he had already read about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because man, people history changes, but human nature doesn't. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, I, I think I think that's one of the the, the most valuable uh, reasons why uh, we we should study history is is it teaches us more about ourselves. Yeah, it, it does. I um, for me, I think um, one of my favorite quotes is from Mark Twain, and he says, "History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes." Yes. You know, and I think that it's very true. And you can definitely kind of, there is nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, yeah, there, there is something, yeah. yeah, there is something, you know, present present in everything that we're, we're dealing with now. Um, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for coming on History Hour. Uh, Our hour it. is coming up. Um, what do you have uh, coming out? What should we look for? Do you have any special projects that you're working on? Uh, that we should look out for, for, from history underground. Um, so right now running, uh, some stuff in Normandy, uh, following that, uh, we'll have a little bit from little bighorn and, uh, a few other places out West. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll be diving into some world war one content. Uh, and then after that earlier this year, I uh, had the chance to travel to Germany and Belgium with four, uh, World War II veterans, and went back to the the battlefields where where they fought in 1944 and 1945. Um, and I am really anxious to to get that content out. I've had some people asking me about it. Um, you know when that's going to be coming out. So probably around the anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge, uh, we'll start rolling that stuff out. Uh, wow. And then um, of course with American Artifact. Um, Got a whole bunch of stuff right now that that we took over with us when we went to Normandy, um, and and there'll be a lot more from uh, the Battle of the Bulge and Hurricane Forest area uh, that I we'll be rolling in as that. well. I yeah. look forward to that. My grandfather is a veteran of the Battle of the Bulge. Oh, cool! So that was he like got right out of ROTC in high school, went to Army Air Corps, and ended up right in the middle of that. Wow! So. I look forward to that. That is, I think it's so cool that you're doing that too, because we're losing our World War II vets Not every day, that. every hour, it seems. And so, yep. so it's so important to preserve those stories. So I, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I got to ask you though, sure. what was it like hanging out with uh, Jocko? <laughs> Did he make you get up and run? Was he like super motivational? <laughs> he, he, he didn't make me get up and run. Uh, but no, I, I got out there and, you know, did, uh, ran, ran a workout with him. Um, yeah. he's, um, 
it, it, what what you see and hear on podcast and on all the other platforms that he's on is is what you get. That's that's yeah. what he's like in person. And and yeah, the whole whole echelon front team, um, you know, JP Donnell and Leif Babin and um, Steve Ward, Andrew, all, all of them, uh, Jason Gar, they're 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 an amazing group of people, and and they're doing some some great things. Also, if I mean people who are into history on the Echelon Front channel, uh, they have a YouTube channel. Uh, Leif Babin has a series called uh, Leadership Lessons in History, and there's only three episodes of it right now. But oh my gosh, it's so good! Yeah, yeah, it's 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 outstanding. I highly recommend it to anybody. Hopefully, I'll be doing some work with those guys some more in the future. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. I'll have to check that out. Thank you, JD, so much for coming on. I think our hour is just about up. Um, I just really do appreciate you coming on. This has been an awesome conversation. I could talk to you forever about this kind of stuff, but we are limited. And hey, I, we're, we're talking history, so it's, it's easy for me. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's I, I could talk forever about books and movies and all kinds of stuff. It, it It's, you know, the experiences that you've had with, history underground i think are astounding in the last you know four years and so i just want to congratulate you on on being so successful with what you do and 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 being so supportive of other creators that is something i i want to i would love to see more of in in this kind of community so it's it's awesome that you have the platform and that you're willing to come on my podcast really really does mean a lot no, I, I appreciate you inviting me. Um, yeah. yeah. Like I said, t- we're, we're talking history. This is easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I just want to say good night, everyone. And we are now signing off. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>